Welcome to the first rebranded episode of The Spare Bedroom, now called The Goodbye Principle. It's a great name change. Thanks, man. Um, we've got Sean on here. A um, little bit about him. Uh, he used to be, how do I even word this? He, I was in his first class at uh, the church, his first Sunday school, right? First one? Yep. Um, I was your small group leader for a, a year. Yeah. Um, and then I think I was one of your least favorites. Uh, if not, yeah, the, we'll say that. <laughs> if not we'll the least favorite, <laughs> um, definitely top five. Thank you. Um, and then you kind of went away for a little bit. We'll talk about that. Um, and then came back, and then I, you were my. You were my youth pastor for a little bit there, right? A year or two? Uh, you were already in high school then. I okay. was middle school only. Middle school only. Okay. But so, we still okay. hung out and everything. Okay. Did I ever have you as a youth pastor again Mm-mm. then? Really? Mm-mm. That is weird. Nope. Okay. Um, and then now, buddies and on the Kirkland Media team. Yeah, building it out. Um, so... Quite a roller coaster of a relationship, I would say. Oh, ups, downs, side, what you call it. You've done it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dig into all of that stuff. Um, but I'm excited. So Sean is a father, a husband. Um, he is very. He's not in the ministry anymore for a job, but it is still his biggest passion. Mm-hmm. Um. That is what he does with Kirkland Media is he's always pushing out encouragement um, to love your neighbor uh, and to stay in the gospel um, and to spread it with other people. So it's really cool. Um, so I'm going to let you introduce yourself a little bit, how you want to describe you. I probably didn't do it justice. No, nah, man. You, you, heck, you've been a part of this family so long, you know it. But yeah, my name is Sean Cruz. I've been uh, married to Haley now for, for nine years. Haley is... Uh, what you would imagine a Southern pistol to be. She is a firecracker. Mm. Um, she'll even tell you she wants that tattooed somewhere someday, which is interesting considering who she is. But um, it, it's, it's funny because in our family, we've got Mox and Finn. So Moxley is five. Finley is four. They're definitely clones of us. And they bring out and, and remind us of all of our good qualities and all of our bad and uh, and so we've been fam- doing family life now with the two kids for, since Finley anyway, we've been having four in this house, and it has been crazy. But uh, yeah, so full-time ministry, did full-time ministry for seven years. Um, now I'm in uh, outside sales, and so I travel and meet people, which I love too, because uh, my ministry philosophy has always been based around a theology of going to people. It's always been about uh, your neighbor. And so when I meet with uh, new or potential clients, it's always uh, me building a relationship with them and trying to see how I can connect to them. Because at at my core DNA, uh, I'm a relationship builder. And so that's what I love to do. Uh, Hobbies, I love to hunt, uh, working on that podcast, that thing's in the making. I love to fish, but I suck at it. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, just all around, uh, like athletics takes a ton of my time. And since I'm getting older, athletics is now turning to esports. Intramural boy. Oh, intramural champion. Get it right. <laughs> Got the t-shirt. Yeah. So um, you you definitely you definitely do a lot of stuff. Um, 
got your foot in, in a lot of things, um, which is cool. That's, you know, we're, we're pretty similar in that aspect. Like we don't really like one thing to, to tie us down. Um, which is interesting though. And we'll kind of, we'll kind of use this, uh, segue to get into your time in ministry. Um, you don't really have many opportunities to do more things besides ministry when you're in it full time. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, ministry is a full-time job. Um, you know, whether you're at the church building or on a retreat or even at your house and have random kids like me show up. All the um, time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> all hours. Um, so how is that for you, for someone who likes to do so many different things, how was it to be tied down to one thing all the time? Yeah, that being tied down, though, had so many different lanes. Right. Um, because inside of... Uh, being a student pastor, and, and in my case also as a lone student pastor responsible for middle and high school um, without a, a co-pastor to, to kind of take half of the group, right? Um, I was responsible for everything from day-to-day operations, say doing FCAs in the, in the community or um, planning our discipleship program, teaching schedules, but like those were the day-to-day operations of the lanes. Right. But what really stretched me for the other things and the not being tied to one was each retreat always looked different. It might've been the same location to, to change some of the logistics, but it, it was always a different beast. And so I was designing mm-hmm. that months in advance. Cause that's just how you have to work. Yeah. And then, um, one of my big passions was also uniting the student pastors around me. And so we would get together once a month and I would kind of lead that, that meeting along with a couple other guys. And we even did some service projects together. We did some, um, discipleship stuff just between each other, um, through that. And so there was ways to diversify quote unquote, um, inside of that, but it wasn't like now where I could, I mean, any different night, I could theme my night to a different industry or a different right, right. Uh, vertical and, and just run after it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also interesting how, um, <clears throat> you know, you look at a lot of student pastors and a lot of churches who are very local, um, not to South Carolina, but like to their own self, to their own body. You know, sure. they don't like to, to go outside of um, where they are and, 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 you know, not, not from like a, you know, they'll still go on retreats and stuff, but like, they don't want to hang out with the other church groups that are there. They want to stay in their own little circle. And, and that was one thing I always thought that you did really well, um, is, is getting outside of, um, the comfort zone. You know, we went to radius church, um, still do. And, uh, and you know, while you were the, the student pastor there, we were, <clears throat> you were always trying to don't, you know, when you, you come on, come to church on Sunday morning, don't stand in a circle, go talk to somebody that you don't know, go oh, yeah. sit with a, a, another family, you know, you invite somebody to come out to, to lunch with your family after church. And, um, you know, radius is a non-denominational church. Um, but you were very, um, very pro a camp called Sockahatchee, um, which is Methodist, mm-hmm. um, which by, is a lot more by, by origin. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot more structured than a non-denominational church. For sure. Um, and so I think it was really cool for, you know, for your students to me included, to be able to go and experience something that just hadn't experienced before, mm-hmm. um, to see that different structure. I mean, that was the first time I had ever done a call and response 
<laughs> oh, like responsive readings and everything. Yeah, yeah. dude. It was so weird because I, we just, we just don't do that. I mean, we did, we do baptisms in, you know, like a plastic pool. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, a trough. Yeah. A that's horse exactly trough. what it is. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Um, well, what's re- really funny is thinking about that camp. Y'all got to see it after I had taken it over and led it for three years. Yeah. And so I had transitioned it away from a lot of the Methodist. Sure structures yeah and it it was very much so because like i love to tweak i love to make things just a little bit different and so i took our camp and i took our concepts from radius and married the two and made foothills yeah and foothills is different than everyone we're like the redheaded stepchild but it because there's a lot of different um i don't know i guess campuses maybe what would you call that sites sites yep so there's like there's the foothills there's Thirty-nine of them. Yeah, thirty-nine of them. Wow. Okay. And two abroad. Okay. Um, There's another one that's semi-local around here um, that one of my buddies went to, and it did not look like our camp. Yeah, I mean, it was very different than our camp, which I think is really, really cool. Um, But Salkahatchee, for for those of you who don't know, um, which I assume is most of you, um, is a service-based camp. Um, yeah. where we go and, and we do service projects for people who might not be able to do them themselves um, or be able to afford it. Um, yeah, it's a construction-based ministry for, for sure. local towns, yeah. mostly rural. There are some city-based ones, but mostly rural. Um, props to you for trying to use the word rural on a podcast. Man, I suck. I can never word. do it. <laughs> There's some words I'm like, we'll edit that out. Oh, no, it's staying. Um but uh, but yeah, it, it it was really interesting. My first year was 2014, um, and just even seeing how it's changed, you know, in the past, God, it'll be seven years. Is holy crap, dude, that's crazy. Um, just seeing how it's changed. I mean, I was, I was the young guy coming in who needed everybody to like him mm-hmm. and FOMO. Uh, yeah, for sure, big yep. time FOMO. Um, and then just watching, you know, myself transition into, um, we didn't get to do it this year, but, uh, in 2019, you know, I was part of the worship team there, um, and got to lead alongside, uh, your wife, Haley, mm-hmm. um, and one of our good buddies, Cody. Um, and that was just a totally different experience. You know, I mean, you look at something like the stage, you know, where we sleep in this big gym and then there's a stage inside of it. that's like two or three steps higher than the floor of the gym. Um, but that is probably the biggest rite of passage at Salgachi. Like, oh yeah, we we kick rookies off of there all the yeah, time. If yeah, if you if you get you earned it yet. if you're sleeping on that stage, you got a little bit of pull. And you know, I remember being so terrified of that stage my first year. Like, well, and it's funny because some people are like, I I will earn that. Yeah, and then others are like, Nah, yeah, I don't I want don't nothing to do with that. Like, <laughs> yeah. y'all be y'all do you like yeah. straight up. But no, yeah. like like even Henry. Like our camp director's son. Yep. People are like, why is he up here? I'm like, yeah. shut your mouth. Because yeah. during, this, during this next calendar year, that kid's going to be picking the sites. That guy's going to be helping oh, clean yeah. up the messes because he goes yep. everywhere. Oh, he's, he earned it. He's earned that spot. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it, it was just a different, it's a different feel there. Um, and it's really cool because you kind of get to sit and hang out and, and just overlook the rest of the camp um, in just a just to sit and um, I can't think of the right word, but you kind of just get to meditate 
I, I revel in it. So for me, like when I look at that, that gym and all the chaos that's happening from the basketball and the different pockets of, you mm-hmm. know, some people are worshiping and being super holy. And then you got other people that are just trying to meet people. Cause this is a camp where or cuddling on my brother's oh, cot. <laughs> I love to bust those up. So awkward. Um, it's asleep too. Like he is so bad. But like when I sit on that stage, I sit back almost in like this very, cause in, in, in Saugatchee terms, like I'm an old guy. Uh, I'm I'm going on my 20th year. Like Definitely a codger. Close. Yeah. And so I'm a, I'm a sock at you boomer. <laughs> um, but like I'm getting to this point where I look back and I get to see, man, I remember when they were 14. I remember when they got here and how they've gotten now. I remember how hard we had to work to get this culture in place. Mm-hmm. And now the culture is taking care of culture. Yeah. Which has always been a goal for us because if you set good culture and the groundwork, it will naturally keep itself healthy. Yeah. Um, little tweaks every now and again, but sure. it, it, for the most part, doesn't need a lot of work. We, we are yeah. family. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's really cool, you know, sitting there and, <clears throat> like you said, you get to look around and, and you get to see how different people, um, just how different people are, um, you know, in general. I mean, like you said, you've got some people that are playing hardcore basketball. <laughs> Almost fighting. People, yeah, um, guilty. And other people that, are you know just just sitting in the corner and you know listen to worship music on their phone and as a group you know i mean it's it's very different um <clears throat> but then watching them all come together and really like you said i mean we're we're a family there um yeah cuz everybody shows up and they've got their youth group or they've right. got their existing group of friends if they've come for maybe one year or two yeah. but after you hit like year 3 you are now responsible for meeting people and integrating people. And I would even argue that at least for radius, um, and this is per your teaching, but we, you know, one of the biggest reasons I look forward to Salkahatchee is that I don't have to hang out with radius people anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing against radius people, but like almost frowned upon. Yeah. It's like, this is a, this is an opportunity where we get to go talk to somebody who we've never met before and we get to build a whole new relationship and see how, you know, maybe this person can tell me something that I've never thought of this way, you know, in the same passage of scripture and might be able to bounce that off of each other and and then go make an impact on somebody else together. You know, I mean, it's just this crazy thing. And Um, it's spiritually networks. Like your networking as much because like any town, any town in this state that we go to on any given day, We'll see a sock sticker or oh, yeah. we'll see somebody that we actually went to camp with. And like, even you and I, like we were, uh, you remember you came with me on a service call. I had to be up in the upstate and I'm like, mm-hmm. Hey, let's go stop by Pendleton and hang out with so-and-so. And like, we hung yeah. out with three people one time and two people another time. And, uh, but that kind of stuff happens because you've created the culture of camp yeah. that it, it doesn't end here. Right. It's not the end all be all. And like this year per COVID, we couldn't do a reunion of some kind, but rip. Uh, we're still gonna try some. We got to. You're socially distanced, of course. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah. I, I think it's it's definitely an experience that you know a lot of people have their you know they'll they'll say you know my football team they're my family or my basketball team we're a family and and that is true I, you know for sure. Um. But I think it's a different level when you especially when you base it around scripture and doing um just fulfilling God's plan for us. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about God's plan being the end. Um, but I like to look at God's plan as the work, you know, the journey 
um, which is interesting coming from me because I am not a journey person. I like the end result. Um, but I think that that is God's plan is for us to work and for us to spread that gospel, uh, and the good news to other people. And so that to me is such a big part of the foundation of all of our relationships there. Um, and so for us to, to carry that on, you know, it's like, we can go, I don't know. I see Alex Haynes 10, 15 times a year and I'm a, I'm a groomsman at his wedding. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to see somebody so many times um, for you to have a relationship. I mean, that dude is my brother without question. Well, yeah, and, and in these situations, you're put into a, a relationship crucible and you develop depth Yeah, very quickly. Sure. Like, uh, I hate to say microwave because cooking a microwave sucks, but like right. it's very quick and it achieves the goal. Right. And to your point of the plan, like God's plan is to get to an end goal of his return and, and heaven. I agree. Sure. But man, that plan has got so many different nuances right. and, and the nuance we chose cause there's international missionaries, local missionaries. Yeah. We choose to serve the unservable in whatever town we're in. Right. You know, whether that's doing a roof for somebody or changing a water heater. Heck, I had one lady that just needed relationship and we chose to work on her house. We planted flowers and painted that joker for a week. Yeah. They're like, hey, can we move to another site and do another project? Not that's not the that's not the mission. Right. The mission is to love on her. Yeah. You know, like and and that's the best part is because teaching teens that the person is more in person more important than the project. Mm. Like that is crucial because that's gonna transfer over to work. It's gonna transfer over to college, like relationship trumps sure. all of that stuff. Yeah. But it's uh yeah. it's it's a it's a soul uh crusher and it's a soul grower in the same way. Every year you go. I think the relationships also are a lot stronger too because you're they're built on a foundation of not just scripture and uh and the gospel and what a, a healthy relationship looks like, but also built around people just being tired. Mm-hmm. I mean, physically tired from roofing or, or being in a crawl space or um, emotionally tired because you're ministering to the homeowner or um, to new students there or, you know, the big worship sessions at the end of the night. And I mean, that just, it does take a toll. Oh, for sure. Um, it's designed that way. Yeah. And so I think that's a really cool thing um, to see how people react. I mean, we've all, We've all gotten so tired that we've snapped at some point. Um, I remember my first year, I was very sick, and somebody decided to put my phone in sweet tea. And I let that person know that that was not the right move. <laughs> um, Politely, of course. Not, yeah, not, not physically, but like, you know, yelling and embarrassment in front of the entire camp. Ridicule's a good teaching lesson. Yeah. Um, and then we saw how that turned out for that person. <laughs> so apparently, apparently I didn't help very much. No, um, it happens. But yeah, I mean, that camp is just, it's just special, man. Um, and I think it's also really cool how, you know, you can see that translate back home. Um, and, you know, you talked about the culture and how it starts to work itself out um, if it's done right in the beginning, um, which I want to transition into. Um, you are a very discipleship driven person. You know, you, 
you you love the uh that discipleship tree of you know one person pours into the next the next is pouring into somebody else and it's just this constant you're always being fed and feeding someone else um as you like to call it the meat of the scripture you know what i mean like just the the thickness of it and and you know you don't shy away from uh you know books like james you know where it's just constant gut checks um, oh, yeah. even though you'll you know teach romans 30 times in a row actually <laughs> in romans tonight in small group <laughs> um but i think that's really cool so uh why do you think that discipleship is so important to you so discipleship for me define is, define discipleship first all right so discipleship for me is a a one-on-one to one to three depending on on the state of the relationship, but it's a relationship designed around pointing somebody back to Jesus so much that they define their identity by what Jesus looks like. Mm -hmm. First step. Then we want to train, physically train Bible, Bible principles, Bible theories. We want you to take theology and and make it your own Um, because everybody agrees on a lot of the big pillars, but there, there's a lot of nuance in, in Christianity faith. Like, um, things that divide us actually it's right. like the 10% but like that 10% divides us sometimes and sure. so I want them to be able to formulate their own arguments around that mm-hmm. which is why I teach apologetics um, I want you to be able to defend your faith like a lot of people in the south it's all about yeah I, I go to church I love Jesus right. I've been baptized therefore I'm good check done see at the bar like for me it's a uh, I mean, the Great Commission says, it says, uh, go, baptize, teach in that order. And so I do the going, or, or my disciples do. Then we baptize somebody, and then we teach them up in these principles of the faith. Right. And then we ask that person to duplicate, because a disciple who makes his life look like Jesus's, you go to people, and that's what we're called to do. Yeah, And I execute that different ways. Sometimes I'll throw somebody in my car and we'll just drive and hang out. Sometimes it'll be a come to Jesus meeting where I, uh, I mean, we joke in this house, like we call it a woodshed moment. But um, if your grandma ever, grandpa ever asked you to come back to the woodshed, you're getting a spanking. For sure. But um, you do all of that and it just happens. But for my discipleship, where I find the most growth is when you could link one to two, one to three, because there's accountability that comes into place. And so my most effective ministry tool around discipleship was breakfast because everybody's going to eat. Everybody wants Chick-fil-A in the morning before school. And so these kids would get up and they would come and we would get our Chick-fil-A biscuit, but then we would read scripture before school. And um, it was one to three because those three guys needed to have accountability between each other. Hey, did you read this week? Yeah. Because if not, they look like idiots when the other ones went, you didn't read? Yeah. I had an AP test and this sports program to go to. And nah, man, that's messed up. Like, do your stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and then that discipleship will run its course. And eventually, Perfect World, which I'm still working on this with a lot of my, my former disciples, is taking that and then duplicating it themselves. Yeah. You know, that's the second tier of the tree, which is what I... I think everybody should strive for. Yeah, that's important. I, I can't wait to see uh, second tier people. Like I've got a, a running list that I pray for regularly of people that I've baptized. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see where they've baptized somebody, where yeah. they have 
uh, led somebody at least to a moment where they were forced with a discipleship relationship. Something. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the coolest moments for me was, um, <clears throat> at camp hope a year or two ago. Um, it was just, I was doing worship with, uh, with our buddy, Mike, who's the worship pastor at radius. Um, and, uh, and I'm going to get him on the podcast by the way, so you'll be able to hear from him. Yep. Um, phenomenal dude. Great guy. Um, but I was a leader, uh, a cabin leader, um, which was really my first, probably my first experience, um, in youth ministry, uh, as far as just, you know, kind of them giving an, an instruction and not micromanaging, you know, I mean, I've, I've done little things like, you know, oh, you're going to be an assistant group leader, you know, where this person is the leader, but like, don't do anything unless you report to this person. And, and naturally so, because I was still, you know, young. Yeah, you were 18. Um, you know, but, but this time it was, it was very different. You know, it was like, all right, you know, y'all figure it out. I mean, you don't need, you don't need me. Um, and so that was really cool. And we had, um, we had seven students and we had a lot of students, but seven students, um, from our cabin, uh, meet Jesus that week, which was nuts. Yeah. And countless others that were ready to change something in their life or repent of sin, which is just as big of a win. Yeah. Something to be celebrated for sure. Definitely. And that was the closest you've been to like in the trenches of ministry. Yeah. Like you were in the thick of it. Oh yeah. What those boys dropped were not easy topics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I remember, I remember, you know, being like, I remember what it was like to be in their shoes, to be in a cabin and and not know everybody there and and nervous. Like, do I ask about this topic? Because the insecurities are real. Oh man, it's crazy. Um, also middle school boys reek. Don't smell good at all. Um, spoiler alert, middle school girls were the same way. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it was just really cool because that was, you know, I, I've discipled, you know, other people. Um, but that was my first look into, like you said, you know, the thick of it, like what ministry youth ministry really looks like. I mean, that was waking up at 5am so that we could be in the cafeteria after going to sleep at 1p 1am and to have yeah. early leadership meetings. And I'm like, dude, there's no way that we have to meet every morning. But then I hear them say something. I'm like, I'm really glad they told me that. You know what I mean? Like, it's Mm -hmm. just, it was a really cool experience, um, which turned me on wanting to do a whole lot more. Um, And then, of course, everything happened with COVID and a whole bunch of stuff got canceled. Um, But it's a really cool experience, man, um, to be able to watch some of these kids. And and I've had a couple of them, you know, that have reached out to me and I I keep in touch with them and their families. and it's just such a cool thing to be a part of, you know, whether oh, yeah. you're at the bottom of the discipleship totem pole or whether you're in the middle or the top. I mean, it's just, it's awesome all the time. Um, and I think it's really cool. Um, and so one of the things that's interesting to you is, about you um, is that you incorporate a discipleship style into friendships and uh, fatherhood as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you explain a little bit about how you know, the similarities between discipleship and and fatherhood. Yeah. So I almost feel like those words can be interchanged because, you know, if I'm discipling a teenage boy, those principles are still going to apply to my kids because they're biblical principles, not personal principles. And so, and, and keep in mind, like my kids are five and four years old. I am not an expert. 
I have no clue what I'm doing any given day, but uh, a, a guy named Todd Carnes said it, and I will rip it off. I am often wrong, but never in doubt. Mm. And so I lead them with confidence, prayerfully considering what the Lord is telling me to do with them and how to act. Sure. And all it does really is exposes where I'm weak. And so it's as much as it's discipleship down, I'm pouring into my, my kid, my, my boy, I'm, I'm pro- provide, protect, pursue. I'm drilling it. Hey, what's your job? He will respond to you. you ask him what his job is. It's to protect, protect sister. sister. Yep. Um, Love that. And that's just something he has to be ingrained with. Yeah. Uh, and then like Finley is this courageous, reckless. I think she's going to be a UFC fighter. Um, <laughs> and I'm okay with that actually. But like for her, I have to teach her that she's beautiful no yeah. matter what she's wearing or sure. what play makeup she has on. And so I'm discipling her with principles that God has taught me mm-hmm. that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's not just a girl verse. That's for us right. too. Yeah. You know, that, that everything was thought out about you. Come on, that that's huge for, for your development and for sure. your uh, confidence. Because the lies that have always crept in on me is that you're not enough or you're not cool enough or you're not smart enough. And man, if God made me how I am, I am this way for a reason. Yeah. You know, and so I could play within my lane. Cool. And that's what I do. I love to live in my lane. Right. And, and when I'm discipling kids uh, outside of this house, I always come back to the fact that it's consistency and it's got to be biblically based. Mm-hmm. So for my kids, it transfers the same way. Like we're doing, uh, we just started Advent because it's, it's Christmas season. You know, we're going through cards at dinner mm-hmm. and then we read a Christmas book in the evening. And that Christmas book is tied to a, a verse. I didn't have that raising. We right. weren't raised in a Christian family. Like sure. I led my parents to Jesus. So this is first generation Christian household trying to figure it out. Yeah. And that's where discipleship also works because I am having to disciple down by being discipled from somebody above me before mm. me who's done this. Yeah. Which is what your dad did before sure. he passed away. Like your dad was a mentor of mine and when I was like Toby, I'm going to wreck these kids today. What do I do? Yeah. And his pragmatic brain he just goes you just got to love them. Yeah. No, I wouldn't do this, this, and this, and try tweaking that. And that's just what he did. Yeah. And I'd come home and Haley go, you talked with Toby today, didn't you? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I did. <laughs> and I tell you, though, like our kids respond to consistency and our kids respond with biblical principles. Yeah. And so we, we limit the rules in our house. It's kind of like uh, two rules. Don't lie respect your mother. Mm-hmm. We can kind of make everything fit under those two rules. Sure. And, um, but we're, we're going to disciple our kids hopefully in a way that is real and authentic enough that when they get to the point where they're faced with a choice, do I want to really do this? It's not going to look like a set of rules and a set of chains. It mm-hmm. should look like a set of wings, um, to just really soar into who they are. That's yeah. the goal. Yeah. Like I really love the song like an arrow. Like I want that joker to yep. fly. Sure. And I want it to hit its mark. Yeah. So So you mentioned respect. Um <clears throat> so one of the things that I notice is um there's a guy on TikTok. I don't I'm sure you've seen him, Billy Visco. Mm-hmm. Um he is very big on parenting, um, and his parenting tips and you know, a lot of things that I agree with him, but there are some other things I'm like, ah, it's a little soft. I would I would <laughs> do it exactly differently. what I was about to say. <laughs> um 
but he did say something the other day that that struck a chord with me. Um, he mentioned um, the difference between uh, fear and respect. Mm. Um, and he said, you don't want your kids to fear you. You want them to respect you. But I have a healthy fear of my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, before he passed away, I mean, I was, I don't know, a lo- maybe eight inches taller than he was, mm-hmm. a lot bigger than he is, a lot stronger than he is. But if you think for a second that I was not terrified of getting in a fist fight with my dad, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he'd let you know. And that's a good, I think a lot of that comes from, you know, fighting his kids, you know, wrestling with me. Um, and you know, the second I would do something that would be like kind of strong, he would just come in with his other hand and just slam me to the ground and let him know, like, I'm always going to have that upper hand. Um, and so I think things like that are, are pretty cool. Um, so what do you think the relationship between fear and respect should be? Which one would you rather your kids have more of in regards to you specifically? Um, and so how do you, how do you make that, um, First of all, which one do you think is more important? And then secondly, how do you make sure that that is happening to the best of your ability in the household? Well, and before we even get into the differences of fear and respect, like that rough housing, yeah. like you, you and your brother, that's a, that's a boy's house. And everybody's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Dude, I, I listened and read so many articles talking about the fact that you even have to do that with your daughter. Hmm. And so, because she is a part of a wolf pack. She, she has to understand her role as the submissive um, to, my, to my leader, to my alpha. Mm-hmm. And I am the alpha in this house. Sure. You know, like Haley's a boss, but right. she is a beta. Like she's sure. right there. She's second command. And so we roughhouse. We wrestle every night. Yeah. Every night in this house, it's either a dance party or it's um, basically UFC in the living room. Of course. No slams on the couch allowed. But like, with fear and respect, I think they're so closely tied together mm-hmm. because when I lead them, I try to lead them with a softer tone. I try to lead them very um, patiently, mm-hmm. but my issue is I'm quick to anger with them. Right. Usually with people closer to me, that's how I'll get quick to anger. And so I'll pop off and yell. Yeah. And so that's where the fear kicks in because they didn't have the respect. And it's right. always around like, did you listen to me? Uh, I literally have to have them repeat stuff back to me uh, if I really want to get it across because they'll they'll look at you, but they're thinking about what they're about to say. They're thinking right, about right. what they want to do next. And so like with Finley, I'll be like, Finley, repeat after me. I made mm-hmm. a mistake by not listening. Sure. And every word she repeats after me, I said, so what did I say? And have her say it again. But the respect comes in they have to see you living out the things that you are preaching to them. Sure. And so if I tell them don't lie, I can't lie. Right. And, you know, like that's, my, that's one of my sin issues. That's one that, that cost me a lot mm-hmm. not too long ago. Yeah. And for them, they, they saw that. They lived through that just as much because they're smart kids. So and, you're pretty open with that situation with them. Uh, very open. Okay. Very open. I, they're like, why don't why don't we go there anymore? Why don't we work there anymore? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, daddy got let go, and yeah. here's why. Yeah. And for them, they needed to hear that because then they also had to hear me apologize to them. So I right. gain respect when I am humble enough to talk to a five and a four year old. I'm sorry, I lost my job. Yeah. Because it was my fault. Yeah. Because it was 
my sin. Here's what I did. Here's what I'm doing to reconcile and make it better. And that's a kick in the balls. Oh, uh, yeah. To, I mean, to, to do it. I mean, I remember, you know, just, just having conversation with you, you know, just the two of us. Um, I mean, I know that wasn't an easy conversation mm-hmm. anyway. Imagine peeling a scab every, every couple hours when somebody asks you questions. Yeah. Because when you've been, when you've fallen in such a way that it was, do I trust this guy? Yeah. I have to be overly transparent at that point. I have to yeah. be overly open. And so yeah. you ask a question, I'm, a, I'm open book. And yeah. so I would say everything. And for the kids, like they are like, why would you do that? Like that was like the gut check. Yeah. But ever since, like when I say X, X is what is executed. Yeah. If I say Y, Y is what's executed. Right. And they have the respect built up because of the consistency. They have the fear when they will not reconcile. So you don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm, what I'm understanding is you wouldn't necessarily say that one is more important or prominent than the other as much as it is an order of operation. Mm-hmm. The respect comes before the fear does. Mm-hmm. They're both equally important. Yeah. If you don't do the one, here comes the other. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a cause and effect. And that fear, just like us with the Lord, like there's a righteous fear that if I live in unrepentant sin and I continually do so, the Lord will punish me one day. And that punishment is death. And that is terrifying. You yeah. Know? Like, and there's I don't respect be... in fear as well, though. Exactly. They're, like, they're yeah. tied together. Sure. And so with kids, though, the respect comes over time. Mm-hmm. The fear is what happens in that moment. Right. Like just yesterday, Finley hits a boy in class. Oof. I'm talking smacks him. And I said, why? What happened? She goes, I want to tell you, I'm so afraid. I'm so scared. And, and she knew that she was afraid of my wrath mm-hmm. because she had disrespected right. our family. Yeah. Our family. Now, if there's a fight or a bullying situation, our kids both have the green light to end it. Sure. But if you just go hit somebody. Never okay. That's never okay. And, uh, and so it took me an hour and a half to talk to her and say, hey, I'm not mad at you, but I need to hear from you. This is a biblical principle. You should right. always go to God when you're in sin. And um, at the end of it, we, we got to a place where she was like, I love you. We kiss. Good night. And, and it was fine. But she has a fear of when she's wrong, where, that, where that's going to show. Right. And that's going to show most of the time with a spank. I ain't afraid to spank. I think sure. our kids need it. But each kid also reacts differently. So if it's a certain yeah. s- severity level, they'll get the spank. If it's really just something small, like each of them have their little thing. Moxley has FOMO. So if I remove him from the, from the group, mm-hmm. that's his punishment. He's oh, yeah. done. Yeah. Finley is a possessions. So if I take her little bunny or if I take her little Barbie doll and tell her she can't play with it, I'll go set it up on a shelf. Right. She's done. Yeah. But then we reset after each one. And yeah. that's, where, that's where this whole thing comes back and parenting that, that fear and respect, man, it is tested every day. And it is something that shows your sinfulness more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I know now even having conversations with, with my parents, um, and you know, specifically now that dad's not around, I've had a lot more intentional conversations about this with my mom. Um, because you know, she's struggling trying to do the whole single parent thing now. So, um, which, you know, is good that, now we're kind of old enough to govern ourselves for the most part. Um, but still a big, big, big challenge. No question about it. 
Um, but I think it's interesting to to have these conversations with her and, you know, hear how she parents us so differently um, and always has. Um, and I think it's, I think it's interesting to see how, how similar, not similar, but I think it's interesting how you can apply the same principle in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, um, cause Haley and I agree with both of the principles mm-hmm. of, of fear and respect. Right. But man, she, she gets it across so much differently than I do. Yeah. And her, her tact and her delivery is way different. Yeah. I come from more of an authoritative role. She comes from more of a nurturing role. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is just such a, such an interesting thing. Um, I mean, I know, I know one night for, um, at one of my proms, um, we, uh, we got into some stuff that we shouldn't have. And one of my buddies wound up getting really, really sick. Um, and I didn't know what to do, but I knew that I could call them, uh, and deal with the consequence in the morning, um, after everything had settled down. But when I called, I mean, they sprang into action. Um, and I respected that a whole lot, but don't get me wrong. The entire time I was terrified of what was coming in the morning. For sure. Because <laughs> when there's been a wrong, there yep. has to be a correction. Yes. And that's, and you know, a lot of people I think are pretty soft when it comes to punishment. You know, they're like, oh, you know, they're, you're not, they're not going to learn from, from spanking or they're not going to learn from you taking this away or yelling at them. I did. Yep. And, and it's also reality in the world because there is consequence to every action, good or bad or bad. Yep. Um, and so I think that's, that's pretty, uh, it's, it's tough, man. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to handle that, uh, until it comes, you know I mean? Everybody says they'll jump on the grenade until it's thrown. So I don't know. Well, I don't know who what knows do. what you're going to be parenting through. Like, yeah. like I'm coming through a culture that's all screen screen driven. Yeah. So parents before us were all like, Hey, get inside. It's yeah. dark. You know, like it's, yeah, we don't know. And so it's always changing. Depends on if we find out, um, for sure, you know, whether we are going to leave the simulation that we're in or not. Yeah. Hey man, the matrix is real, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Um, well, I think that's, that's pretty much all the questions that I had. Um, I do want to end on the signature question of the show. Um, since this is the first episode I can kind of explain, but, um, in previous episodes of the spare bedroom, I've asked a question, um, what's the hardest goodbye you've ever had to say? Um, but I think I like asking the question a little bit in a different way. Um, thus the name change, thus the name change. Um, so as we say goodbye to the listeners, um, what is one principle that you live by and that you want to pass on to your kids and the students that you've taught um, and are going to continue to teach something that you want to um, be remembered by. What is one Mm -hmm. Sean Cruz principle? Yeah. So as I think about this, I think about just an elevator conversation you got between the ground floor and maybe the third floor to say one little nugget. Mm -hmm. My founding principle, everything is based off of, in the Cruz family anyway, uh, the Great Commission mm-hmm. in Matthew. And the reason why we do that is because we believe that we should go to people. Right. And so everything in our life, everything in our family's DNA is set up around go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we moved in this neighborhood. It didn't have a Facebook group. It didn't have a community feel to it. We made a Facebook group. We right. made a pool uh, gathering. And 
we we did that with our soccer teams for our kids and our dance studios for our kids like we create community wherever we go sure and um and it's all with the hopes of getting to the next two steps like we would love for somebody to see like something different and be baptized and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord and then we'll teach them like we'll we'll bring them into a small group or something but uh this theology of go that that captivated me because that's how I was brought to the Lord that's mm-hmm. how Haley was brought to the Lord uh, we go to people yeah like plain and simple like my kids uh hate me sometimes because if I see a kid at the zoo or if I see a kid at the park that is being picked on or being left out man my kids just go yeah and they may be the rottenest kids in the world one day but as long as they move to people i can work with that yeah i like that um man that's really solid um i appreciate you coming on the show and and talking about you know some of the things that you you believe and, and are passionate about um i think this will be good for people to hear um you know not just not just from a kirkland media side um but hopefully from a local side of some of the people that we know um you know, just to be able to hear where your heart's at. And, and that's kind of the goal of the show is for, for people to come on and um, for, you know, our followers and our fans to, to listen to them and, and just see, see them a little bit more intimately, um, kind of see their heart, not just what they portray on online. Yeah, um, which is all upbeat and, yeah. and energetic. Yeah. yeah, I like yeah. the reality and the realness of the show. It's raw. Um, so, man, I appreciate it. Um, where can people find you? So everybody can find me at Sean Cruz one zero on almost every social media platform. Um, each of those platforms has a link tree. You can find me there. That's the easiest way. Cool. And so, um, but yeah, I think it, taking this all away, uh, I, I really do enjoy sharing my heart and I am glad that we had the opportunity to kind of sit down and, and walk through everything here. Um, if you do have questions, you can, you can get with Creed you can get with me. Um, this is not something that has been, uh, cooked up overnight. It's been something that's been developed and still being tweaked. So, uh, influences are always welcome and questions are always welcome. So, Definitely. uh, always available for that. Uh, and finally, what is, um, what can we expect from you in the future? What is something that you're working on? So always working on the, uh, encouragement videos. I feel like in our culture right now, it's pretty dark. Everybody's pretty cynical. And so I'm on TikTok every day doing yep. another uh, encouraging post thought or something that I see that I could just reshare. Uh, that's kind of my lane. Um, trying to do a little bit more uh, streaming. Uh, I love to play Call of Duty. I love to engage. Again, I'm going to where people are. There's a lot right. of lost people in the Call of Duty world. And so I'm kind of getting in there and trying to shake things up. I've met up with a few guys that believe the same thing. So it's kind of cool. And then long term, I'm, I'm, mulling over the thoughts of doing a hunting podcast um, because I think a lot of people are moving towards hunting, but they don't mm-hmm. have any idea what they're doing, right. the safety around it, or you know what tools are really worth it, what, t- what tools really suck. And, uh, and then Haley and I, we, we would love to do uh, a kid's book and a, and a parenting podcast. So Yeah, that'd be cool. Tons of things. Awesome. Well, Sean, I appreciate it. Um, really glad you got to come on the show. Um, that's pretty much it, man. I think this was a this was a solid episode. I enjoyed it. So tons of fun. Thanks on, for man. having me. Yeah, man. Bye, guys.